what we've also learned when in terms of policing and the military you would have thought that the function of both was to protect the people but it's not it's to enforce the will of governments so i think there is this opportunity right now with an awakening of people are really saying what's going on so i think that it will crumble and i think it can be done peacefully i don't think I think when it escalates to violence, you need to have something in place. So what's happening in, uh, say, Kazakhstan? Well, so right there, everybody resigns and, you know, mm. then what? Yeah. Then you've no structure, um, you've no systems in place. So we need to just Yeah, then with the slowly, person with the biggest bat is yeah, in charge. Yeah. Put our own media in place, put our own education in place, just put another system in place. The, it's the simplest answer because it's really stop buying their stuff. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Chatter. Before we get started, I just have a few quick messages. First off, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. It's the best way that you can help us grow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It's going to help us rank higher and get more and more views and therefore bigger and better guests. Links for everything will be in the description below. So please enjoy the podcast. Hey, wonderful. Okay, so um, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today I'm here with uh, Melissa Chimay. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, not a problem. Um, so yeah, I saw your video about the um, digital IDs and financial reset, and um, I've heard so many people talk about this, um, but normally it's in the YouTube comments section or <laughs> someone ranting on a on an Instagram live video, and I, f I find it very difficult to find people like seriously trying to discuss yeah these sorts of issues that are yeah coming hand in hand with the pandemic because everyone gets a bit tetchy. So yeah, hence why I invited you on. So uh, do you want to like start by by giving people maybe an idea of, of like who you are and what your background is really quickly so that they can yeah get an idea of who you are? Okay, my background actually, I, I only studied economics for A-level. My degree would be in theology, which people would be surprised to hear. But I started looking into it around 2008 when the crash happened in 2008. I was of an age where I was starting to think about pensions. And I watched what was happening, especially the cash for gold thing. I found that very interesting. So that's really what sent me down looking at what was happening. And those that would be following the economy expected what's happening now. In around 2010, we expected the crash to happen. What happened in 2008, the economy died. We have been on a debt-based system since 1971. The dollar prior to that was a reserve currency. It was pegged to gold. So it had a tether. In 1971, it came off the gold standard, meaning that money could be printed at will to do whatever they wanted with it. This is what started the debt-based economy. Money is created from debt. So when you go in and borrow money, that money that's when it's created into the economy. So in order for the economy to expand, a lot of people think that, well, why don't we, you know, we'll just pay off the debt. It's not possible. Um, I do 
wonder what's going to happen when people realize that money isn't real and it's backed by nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I do often wonder that myself sometimes. I mean, um, anytime I've mentioned to my mom that I've bought some sort of cryptocurrency over there, she's like, well, is that real money? Like, you know, what makes that worth it? And, you know, you just she's like it's magic internet money i'm like it's backed by the same amount of things that that this pound sterling is backed by this is a thing it's but what i find with um cryptocurrencies it's it's getting the concept into your head that money can exist in a computer because again it is backed by nothing but warren buffett is right in terms of gold gold is a pet rock you dig it out of the ground and then you have to protect it in a safe um <laughs> The real currency is and always has been energy, sweat equity. And they have printed money, paper, in order to get us to give them our energy. And now that system has, it had, like I say, in 2008, it died and they kicked the can down the road. Nothing was fixed. They bailed the banks out because they had to. When it comes to too big to fail, the entire economy would have completely collapsed if they didn't bail the banks out. They didn't fix what the problems were. They just continued on until 2019. In June 2019, the BIS produced an economic report saying that there was an overheating going on. Then another report in August, then you had Jackson Hole symposium in the August again 2019 where BlackRock put the suggestion they anticipated an economic collapse and should that happen that central banks should go direct. Then one month later you had the repo market crisis where normally the repo market it sounds complicated it's really like um, a pawn shop for banks where they borrow overnight to balance their books and it's normally around say 2%, it went up to 10%. So the central bank had to step in and that's when the money printing started and they couldn't plug it. They couldn't fix it. One month later, event 201. Um, and here we are today. So for me um, to seize the economy, was very beneficial to seize the debt market was very very beneficial to what was happening in the banking system it's quite the coincidence right okay so there's there's a few things i want to get 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 like clarified here so basically you're saying that about last year or sorry two years ago now almost Mm -hmm. there was some murmurings that there was some sort of crash coming Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you say overheating, are you saying, uh, you mean the banks were over leveraged? Was there a lot of debt? No liquidity? <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in that. So uh, you'll have noticed my wonderful GameStop yeah. uh, thing here. So it's because I'm writing a book about it. And uh, for the last year, like the entire community of, of people there have been watching all of these signals, a lot of which you're talking about mm-hmm. here, the, uh, the reverse repo markets, inflation, they're looking at liquidity, the amount of margin, the banks. So be as detailed as you would like to be. Like, don't worry about going over the Well, it was known. Um, The IMF produced a paper in, I think, 2014, um, indicating that should something happen, that that inflation would be beneficial to inflate away the debt. 
they had been talking then about central bank digital currencies as the solution. This every single fiat currency has returned to zero. They've all failed. It tends to be overprinting, which completely debases it. It's not worth anything. And then they run that out for as long as they can. And then they bring in the, they start the game again. What they've done right now is they have printed trillions that's going to hedge fund companies. These hedge fund companies are buying up actual assets. You look at Lloyd's with Project Generation. Lloyd's have decided to be landlords. BlackRock are similar. So they're taking this money. It, money's worth more where it enters, enters the market. So they've got this money earlier on, buying up actual assets. By the time it gets to us, the inflation is really set in. Inflation, money creation is inflation that's what inflation is the consequence of that is higher prices the last thing that will inflate is wages so with inflation it's bad for if you have savings your savings are losing purchasing power so think in terms of purchasing power rather than numbers on a screen if you have assets that's good because your assets are going to inflate in price and increase in price so more or less track some higher some but they're going to track inflation if you have debt it's really good because your debt is inflated away. Mm -hmm. The governments have debt. So for me, with that IMF paper, that was a play. Okay. So essentially, the, the, the question becomes like, when you said that 2008, what everyone was expecting then, this sort of crash in, in did you say 2010? Around then, they, they, or that's when they at least begin well, to look it's, at this? It would have... Around, it, it could have happened immediately, but the, this, that's when they started the QE. So that was to bail out the banks. They had no choice. They managed to, how I would describe it is, it's like a hot air balloon that a hole ripped through it in 2008. And they have managed to pump air into it to keep it afloat, but the systems broke. And in 2019, that just ripped apart and they're trying to keep it together as long as they can, inflating away their debt, buying up actual assets until the system has to be reset. The reset is inevitable. The catalyst is the unknown part of it. Mm. Okay, so um, first off as well, I wanna get this up. So we have this wonderful graph here um, that I can put up on the screen for us. This is how much quantitative easing we've done in the UK. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So this that this is this is not this is uh from 2009 and 2012 there was 375 billion uh, and as far as I was aware my maths was that was 6000 pounds for every single person in the United Kingdom. And that was that was 2012 but look at this. Like this is just insane. Like <laughs> what Look at the yeah, forty percent of all the money that all, everything in existence has been printed over this past two years, so that's a huge debasement. But this is the problem with a fiat currency when it's backed by nothing. Why would they do anything but run a deficit? It's like when we do it, it's called counterfeiting. So if you had a counterfeiting machine, would you say, "I'm no, I'm not. I only need this for this week," or would you be going? I'm printing for everything. So that's what they've actually been doing. And they know, especially with if you look at the last two years, it's clear that they know it's in free fall. 
and they're just going for it now, printing it and buying up actual assets. Mm. Meanwhile, they're paying us. I, I don't understand how nobody questioned the idea of being um, paid to stay at home. What we did learn is that people will turn a blind eye to anything if banks print money and give it to them. Mm. Yeah, that's quite disturbing. I mean, it kind of it kind of shows you why why so many people were happy to you know, suffered the trials of the Soviet Union when they were all employed by the state. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it kind of, yeah. I used to be more in favor of basic income, like a, a UBI, until I realized that it probably wasn't good to have so many people dependent on the state. And I'd never, I'd never bought that argument properly until I witnessed what happened when you just paid people to stay at home. <laughs> yeah. But this is what I say to people is, so say I could wave a magic wand and put a million into everybody's bank account tomorrow. Majority of people wouldn't go to work. So if nobody went to work, nobody produces hmm. and everybody's consuming. It would be a matter of weeks before there's nothing left to consume. So that's the reality of just paying people to stay at home. You should really only be supporting the vulnerable in society through taxes not through printing money that doesn't magic fairy money that doesn't exist you support the weaker in society that don't have the capabilities to go out and work or the elderly but the idea of just paying people to stay at home um it sounds great but it's it's not it's no. not based on any reality but that's what they're moving towards and again it sounds great to everybody but you have to if you remember that if you don't produce you can't consume at what stage then do they force you out well if you want your ubi and um, you need to go and dig that ditch i don't want to go and dig the ditch then you shut off in the system and that's what central bank digital currency has the ability to do mm. okay so i guess then before we get quite to this uh the central bank digital mm -hmm. currencies so essentially what you're saying is that there's been since essentially since 1971 and they took um the an dollar experiment. off the gold standard so we've had yeah an experiment where the government has had nothing backing the currency and they have been happy to just print and create more and more and more and more and more and more debt it's the the experiment is the debt-based society okay. the, it's fiat currencies have existed before mm. but this debt-based society took grow the economy that is where the experiment was and that collapsed under the weight of it so because say with low interest rates it's a good idea for to a certain point and we're fighting this now in, in uh, turkey it's a good idea to because it does can develop businesses but when it keeps being cheap then it's you it's misused like but non-viable businesses sure why would you not go ahead mm. so that's where it started to get into difficulty and then it was the way they were lending and that's what happened within housing because why would a bank not lend for a house? Mm. You have a tangible asset that you can claim back should there be a default on the loan. Mm. Okay. So they, yeah, so we've, we've but just, just actually as like a little bit of devil's advocate on that. Isn't it great that we have been able to use like part of me feels like debt is a fucking amazing invention in the it like so, in the mm. like look at consider consider the amount of economic growth from the rest of human history mm -hmm. until the 1950s basically yes and then what we've achieved since and i i wouldn't say i'm not sure if that was possible 
even with uh, yeah without the ability to create debt like that obviously there's there's some maybe benefits to this idea of doing it i would agree to you to an extent yes because in order for you to facilitate that growth you have to have debt and while fractional reserve has you know a small tether it's still a tether so you can expand as much as you want but again there's a lot of waste within that that's where the issue is and then it got that people couldn't afford to live because it started that a man could work and support family and they used to love like having eight kids back then <laughs> and his wage would be enough yeah and then um it got in order to have the extra nice things the wife had to go out to work and then it got that it, you had to get into debt to get the nice things and I'm sure you were in America. Most people are living their lives on debt. Mm. So are we better off by having more plastic things? Are we actually better off because people are struggling and debt is mathematically bound to fail? So where are those people when they can't make their car payments and can't get, get their credit card for groceries and and there already is a slow well the slowdown the contraction of the economy started anyway in 2019 but there's a demographic issue as well the with the baby boomers retiring yeah yeah and we're not having enough kids to replace them yes and then they buy less as well in mm. retirement mm. yeah i mean i don't know what we're going to see happen with the with the next the coming years about this like part of me is like, well, are we all just going to inherit their houses and then that'll help rebalance everything? I Well, <laughs> you will own nothing and be happy would suggest differently. Um, I could see they're already talking. California kind of is a test bed and they've been talking about wealth taxes. Mm -hmm. And then you have unrealized capital gains tax. Yeah. So they inflate the price of your property. So your properties went from 200,000 to 500,000. So you have an unrealized capital gains of 300,000, even though your your wealth hasn't increased. People need to get that concept out of their head. Like that they, numbers they, on the screen. Are they trying to like, so I've seen I've seen this proposal and I saw that they were also trying to like retroactively tax people in California. As to, yeah. And I saw these being talked about, like were they able to actually like get them through the legislative process? I don't know process? if it got through because when they even announced it, they were, they were planning like retrospective of 10 years. Or, that was what? initially bounded about. So before it, the potential for it to come in, California, people were leaving in their droves and all moving to Texas. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Um, but there is the potential for that, um, definitely with wealth taxes. I know the IMF want um, to give every, everybody to have a, like an equity wallet. So there's, you know, we've been conditioned to tap into our equity there is inheritance tax so you could get rid of jet between wealth tax capital gains and inheritance you could get rid of generational wealth within one to two generations mm. because if you have the if you have that with unrealized capital gains see you have the home or the property at three hundred thousand if they even even at a small percentage you might not have the income to pay that because your wealth hasn't increased your nominal amount of your home mm. has increased so then you have to sell off. So then you can get maybe in, they'll allow you to stay in it and put it in an equity wallet and tap into the equity of it. It's there's a lot of potential there. There's no there's nothing certain, okay. but there's possibilities 
and probabilities. So listen to what they're saying and look at is that happening within society by day? It's the NGOs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the tropes that I've seen like trotted out and I kind of I, I, I find it quite compelling is that if they were say say you don't believe that there are people who would like things like agenda 2030 and you will own nothing and be happy mm -hmm. to go forward and you don't think that um the wealthiest and most powerful people in the world are exploiting the current um situation in the world in order to enrich themselves it's like they they shut down the economy except for the largest businesses <laughs> They printed a whole bunch of money to like make people at the very bottom of the of society poorer while mm -hmm. making the richest far richer. And they're like systematically creating both a police state and attempted to strip back a whole bunch of rights to especially in the in mm -hmm. England and Westminster, like rights to protest, um, what we can say online with the online harms bill and all these things. It's like, look, if they were trying, what would they be doing differently? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah, blows my mind that we, we don't like consider it as a possibility that like rich people might sit around and go, how do we get richer? Well, if you look at, if you pay that back to read their own documents. Okay. So the, um, the WEF on their webpage, they have a toolkit for policymakers on central bank digital currency where they have, um, challenges and it's not pros and cons it's challenges and um something else but they never mention privacy in that which would be the biggest negative yep there it is there we go that's the biggest negative would be privacy they do mention that they can detract in so if you look at that and then you know that in 2015 the imf produced a 50 page document on central bank digital currency that um, China already has the digital yuan and that was rolled out further uh, on an app in January of this year, it came out in like, October of last year. So if you see them talking about it years ago, the NGOs talking about it years ago, and then it being implemented into society right now, mm. you have to question who is making the rules here, who is calling the shots here. And it certainly seems that they have a massive influence. The Davos crowd have a massive influence on what goes on. So these billionaires are deciding how they're telling millionaires how the rest of us peasants should be living. Yeah, that's real. I mean, mm -hmm. was it Nancy Pelosi worth 171 million, 172 mm -hmm. million, something like that? It's just like, yeah, she's for the working person. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's not from her salary. No, no, it's from her very strategic trade. Trading, yeah. yeah. It's almost like she has some sort of insider knowledge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so essentially, so right, yeah. So to, to, to draw back to where, where we're sort of going with this, then we, we've said that there's like, there's the economy and the, yeah, the economy and all of our, our money has been inflated almost to the point of it's being valueless mm -hmm. in 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 a way um and that will probably continue and it is like i don't think we've seen there's the nothing they can do if they if you want to see if the markets can stand alone pull out the liquidity they couldn't stand the markets will collapse and it can't last forever but for as long as they pump money in and continue to pump money in, it will prop up the markets but that can't it 
it's a short term. So they have to bring in something new very quickly. So the stock market would be in danger when liquidity is pulled. Okay. So what is that new thing? Like what? what so yeah, this is this is what I've heard you speak about. So there's the there's first we, we, there's one thing to speculate on saying okay. So we think that they have had their casino running for mm-hmm. what we're we saying fifty one years. That's a long time actually when you think about it like that. Um, but okay, so say the casino has been running and absolutely on full pelt since 2009 mm-hmm. and they got their mm-hmm. bailouts um, and they all got a little bit mad when the, the Reddit crowd decided that they wanted a part of the casino. But the, the casino has just been going on and on and as long as the money printer continues to go, then it'll be fine. But they're just prolonging. It's like trying to, it's like putting someone on life support. You know, they're just sort of pumping in artificial things to keep them, keep it going until, yeah, yeah, they die. <laughs> um, so what do you believe is the thing that they're trying to replace the current system with? Central bank digital currency is what has been touted. They, they have to replace it. There's there's no way back. I mean, Why? They refer- Why do you say that? Well, for me, inflation that came out originally that it was, there was no inflation. There wasn't going to be inflation. Then it was transitory. And you were crazy if I've had debates with people about it can't be transitory. For certain things, yes, like with used cars, you know, with supply, there is the issue of supply. But after that, it can't be transitory. This system has failed. They have debased it to the point that it's going to be it's already lost the pound and the dollar have already lost 99% of their value over time anyway the pound has been in existence for like 300 years so they've already lost 99% of their value they're going after the last percentage they have to create they have to reset the system um, I, I read that actuarially it can't survive past 2028 the numbers just won't add up because they're now it's trillions trillions yeah that's yeah. like 12 zeros, <laughs> you know? We can't fathom what a trillion is. So they're just going for it. So for there's no savings with people and you can't afford then to maintain your house. They have seized the economy. They're cutting out. These small to medium businesses are under complete attack. So you have to ask yourself why? Because for me, it was beneficial to seize the credit markets. Stock market seems to be the only benefit of the stock market. It's a public utility to save in, and it creates monopolies. It's full of zombie companies. They're they're not they're not functional. They have had us work for paper. They've got our sweat equity for paper that they can print out of nothing. They want to move into a new system. So the the numbers don't add up with a system anymore. So they're moving into more accredits system where the central bank digital currency has the capability to enforce individual monetary policy. So it is another fiat currency unless they could possibly back it to a percentage by gold. I don't think they need to. I don't think people are aware enough that they would even need to do that. I think they can just bring it in. When they bring it in, this is programmable money. It's terrifying. Um, I think it's is it Carol Carson's from the BIS that said, when you have a $100 bill in your pocket, we don't know where you're spending it. Mm. But if you if it's central bank digital currency, we know exactly where you're spending it. 
it's programmable. They can dictate where in the economy you spend it. I see a move towards carbon credit system. Um, MasterCard have come out, if you look on their website, um, they have a carbon credits calculator. And it says on the site that if you go over your carbon credits, they will shut you off. What? Yeah, it's it. that's on their site. What? Yeah, it, it will shut you off. So it's a credit system that we're moving into social credits for compliance. Central bank digital currency can enforce it because it's completely programmable. They can dictate that you have spent a certain portion on carbon, you know, so you can, you're not allowed to eat meat, you're, that you have maybe a medical condition because I spoke to about the Encompass program in Northern Ireland where all your social and medical data is in one. So if they bring in the medical aspect, they can decide that you're not allowed to buy alcohol. So with these passports, I say that it's a matter of time before everybody's passport turns from green to red. It could be that you're at a bar and you have six drinks and they deem a seventh drink to be over the limit. So you're shut off. It can be as simple as that. They, it's individual. They can decide that you're not allowed to travel within a five mile radius, that you, you will have no currency within a five mile radius. It's, it's unlimited. The power and control that they would have is unlimited should this come in. Mm. And it's for me, it's going to come in. I don't think they have another option. That's where there is the possibility within crypto. Because if you take away the source of, the source of their power, is money. They get to print the money at will and everybody has to work for this paper or numbers on a screen. So there is a possibility. I would have issues with crypto. It's not used as a currency. It's used as a speculative asset. And until people realize that, um, it will, it's doomed to fail and they're running out of time. Hmm. Yeah, I get, I, yeah, it depends on which community you're in, but yeah, it's basically people are buying it to hodl to the moon. Yes. You know, and, and especially with Bitcoin, anybody who has Bitcoin, they'll tell I'm holding it forever, forever. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but then it's not going to function as a currency. No, I mean, I, I don't imagine myself holding forever, but mm. I do believe it will probably be worth a serious amount, you know, in a little bit. And at which point I'll be like, okay, well, time to spend it. <laughs> I think they're going, well, Gary Gensler is on the case with the SEC um the, try it like they, the they don't they don't they don't know they, they they don't understand it enough to regulate it the no. internet is borderless like they I just I don't believe fundamentally that they like they have the capability at this point to regulate it for me how I would regulate it is that I would close the on and off ramps because it's not functioning as a currency and people are transferring it back into pounds euros dollars and in order to buy it, what, the first question I say to people is, if you, how'd you buy your crypto? You took it from your bank account and bought it. So if they close that on, on ramp and then close the off ramp, it would, it could be beneficial if they did do that because it would have to function as a currency. It would force it into um, function as a currency. Yeah. But would people um, rebel against it? I would say what we've seen in the past two years is that people are slow to rebel against anything. So mm. that would be my danger. It, in order for it to be beneficial, it really needs to start functioning as a currency as quickly as possible and change in hands, like get more velocity behind it. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look more at some of the digital cash sort of things like uh, BHC, BSV, Dash, uh, mm. Lightning Network, things like that seem to be like where even even Dogecoin, um, you know. But the, Dogecoin, I have Dogecoin. Um, people, but when I first kind of looked at it, um, I was like, that's a joke coin. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> um, but it's a meme coin and we're now learning that how strongly people are led by the media so that's what's given it its value it's mm. media awareness is what's actually given it its value there is also cryptos that are that have functionality behind them and they're also a good buy-in so it depends what you're buying but with the cash coins yes it it needs to be used as a currency yeah right anyway i want to go back here to a few things that you, you mentioned there because you said a lot of things um First up, I want to talk about this, this, this like madness, um, the the credit card that cuts you off. Mm -hmm. um, so this, this again, once again, anyone that's listening, this is not a lie. This is this is totally accurate. So yeah, so Mastercard, yeah, it's the it's a credit card that takes tally of your carbon footprint. So it's yeah, it's if you sign up to this card, then they just they will stop you purchasing, which is mad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you have to sign up for that specifically but you know none of these things ever start as being mandatory it's all voluntary until it's not mm -hmm. but that's that's concerning that they'd even consider it just yeah because there's a real imposition on, on someone's freedom and i know pe people get like mad when you start talking about freedom as if you're like i don't know some redneck hick that like loves dropping bombs on iraqis like you know that's but like, when you start talking about freedom that's what comes up but like ultimately but it's to live life as you see fit and do no harm. That's what freedom should be expressed as. As you say, there's there's negative connotations put on freedom. But say as a parent, I don't, what I'm interested in, I don't expect my kids to be interested in. As a parent, it's my job to find what they're interested in. So take them to all the classes and find what, what they find joy in and facilitate that. They're completely different to me. So for somebody to be dictating how other people should live, we're not all supposed to live the same way. And when you stop going into this system, this will suppress ingenuity because if there's no purpose for ingenuity, why would it be created? To me, there's almost a panic going on because there's a loss of control. And like I said at the start, when people realize that money isn't real and it's backed by nothing, there's the potential for a revolution with that information alone. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the fucking scary bit. Mm. You know, revolutions get messy. You know, then the crazy people end up in charge most of the time. Well, yes. And things and, don't yes. improve because no. they just subsume the power structures that previously existed. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult situation to be well, in. Well, it's narcissistic personality that tends to get into power because they have that charisma. But what the way I see it right now... Um, Bad people are actively bad. Good people are passively good. So if good people start being actively good, the beauty of the internet is that, because I was born with the internet. <laughs> so all the information is available to us right now. So in terms of the awakening, you have to say that the, inter uh, the internet has contributed to everybody's awakening. All the information is available to us now. So this can go one of two ways. For me, they have the technology right now to they have it's almost been like a refining of a slave system where we work for um an elite group mm. the, the the wealth gap is huge if with 
central bank digital currency and artificial intelligence, we could be trapped in that system possibly forever. Or we break it, we decentralise government, we decentralise money, we take away the source of their power, which is money. And then we have a new system where we can live freely as we choose, as long as there's no harm on other people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So the that's that's basically it's it's oh, it it seems like such a noble you know decision because yeah we are we are heading towards this like system where it's like either we lock ourselves in to the controlled future or we decide to do something about it and we decide it's like the it's like what alex jones always says like i want a pro-human mm. future and it's like yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't sound so crazy yeah you know um but then yeah the 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 thing i wanted to go back to here was the this encompass program mm-hmm. um so i got this up again that you mentioned before so um it was launched what did you say when it was no is that yes sure this, is this the correct one because there's yeah. one here yeah. as well or is it this one yeah this one so it's um a plan it's being brought in i think southeastern trust this year we're the first in the uk to be rolling it out it's all of your medical and social data okay. in one place right and you said this cost how much 275 million over 10 years okay so this is this this is part of the um the like digitization of NHS records. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then they're rolling it in with a whole bunch of other things. There's also provisions in there for your personal ID, your identification, your criminal records, your financial records. And it's a quite clever way of getting in for me um, a digital ID. I think it was the WEF come out with a paper in um, September 2018 identity in a digital world so this has all been planned but they explicitly say in that paper that um it will what services um what information will be available to you with this id or conversely unavailable to you so they're telling you that it's that's directly a social credit system yeah yeah the social credit part of it is is because again this is one of those things that you you sound insane when you start talking about it you know you you sound like you've lost your mind well if you get up and then yeah it's here within that here it is once again Um, yeah and if you look at it 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 tells you what services and products and information will be available to you or not pretty wild system don't know the pdf there we go that's what we want digital identities in our daily lives you see this is this is the thing that we don't want have a look at think page five it starts in page five executive summary there's a i think that's the one that there's a graph i can't remember i look at that much stuff that you no, maybe not. That's all right. But the details, if I've, I've read that, that one there. There we go. Here yeah. it is. 
So digital identity. So they want it to have, be part of healthcare. Healthcare. Financial. See, healthcare. What's at the top? Yeah. Because it's a brilliant way of getting it in. Yeah. What's the priority? Yeah. Healthcare. Financial services, food and sustainability, travel and mobility, humanitarian response, e-commerce, social platforms, e-government, telecommunications, smart city, and healthcare. And right, okay. So the thing I want to I want to emphasize here is just like none of these things like by themselves are a bad idea. Like there's nothing wrong with like for me at least. Anyway, it's like look, you want to have digitized like healthcare records. Like there's there's amazing things that you could do with huge bulks of anonymized medical data you could learn amazing things from the trends but again like the key is like anonymized but you're breaking the health service so you're putting in this fabulous system that all of your digital and or all of your medical and social details are together so that if you went to a hospital anywhere it would be there straight away no problem but you're eradicating the healthcare system so what is the function of the digital identity when you don't have a system to plug into? Because we need to face facts. The NHS is, it's all but gone. There's there's not going to be much left of it. And it has been abused by a lot of people. People don't realize that the average, I think the average family in America pays $23,000 a month, or a year, sorry, for healthcare. Um, that's what we're heading towards. So why is there a need for this? Why is there a need 275 million mm. for this when people aren't getting healthcare? Is that 275 million just in Northern Ireland? Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's over 10 years. Yeah, but that's still 27 and a half million pound a year. Like think of many fucking hospitals you could build for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so then we're we're talking about this 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 combination of all of these 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 things where you have everything in a central system, and the government and the, what's has the, the ultimate control, digital, digital identity. identity, and therefore, like again, you know this this is the this is what I mean about it. It's like, look, is it good that um you know we get it sustainable could, sustainably sourced food? You know, maybe somewhere it from could North be Ireland, a great thing. Great. Yeah, but the, my point is that like this all together is the thing that's the disturbing part controlled and centralized by a government because government should not have that amount the worrying of part is that they're stating that they can you have mastercards here and they will cut you off within that document it um it does state that it will for product services and information that that you, what you have access to or conversely are refused access to based on that digital identity. So they're telling you. So we have to be aware when we're going down. There's no inevitability. There's only probabilities, possibilities. But we are walking down this road right now and we have to be aware where this road, the direction that they're hurting us, we have to be aware what they want out of that. And it's a digital identity with linked to a social credit score and ultimately a carbon credits score. Mm. And again, the, 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 I think that the key thing to emphasize here is just like, it's about control and that is the key because for whatever reason, that there is a desire to have total control over people's day-to-day -day lives by, and I'm, 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 
well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the extent to which this attitude pervades like the establishment the, of, of, of politics, whether like consciously or unconsciously, maybe, maybe it's like as, as, as not innocuous, but as unconscious as people just being like, oh, well, you know, they don't know better. You know, I know better. That's exactly what it is. They think that they know better, but they don't understand how other people live. We don't understand how other people live, so we can't dictate how people should live in China because it's a different culture. Mm. So we have no business dictating. It should be on an individual. We're all here for our own reasons in this world. I don't think that you're supposed to just arrive here, go to school, pay bills, five days on, two days off, five days on, two days off until you die. I just, I think we're missing something on that one. Yeah, yeah, we're not all like automatons. There's not to mm. say that we're all, there's not to say we're advocating for the anti-work people. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it should be, if you don't work, you don't get the certain things that are associated with work. But this is the whole point. That's what I'm saying. Data, what I would say is data is a new gold and energy is a new currency. So with energy being a currency, that's what the um, 060606 patent is actually about. It's mining your physical and mental activity. Get this that's that's what is actually behind that because that is what currency is currency is physical and mental activity that's your energy that you expend yeah yeah that's what you're paying for mm -hmm. the you know you're it's it's like the it's like that that film um was it in time you know the one with justin timberlake mm. where they all have the the amount of time like they pay yes. with time because yeah. that's because that's ultimately what money has become when it's not about um, and it's not backed by gold, mm -hmm. then the only thing that like you're exchanging your time for it. And That's what I, exactly what I say. When you want to buy something, you really should be looking at what is that costing me in time? Here's the famous Bill Gates one. Pattern number six, oh six, oh six, oh six. Again, once again, totally real. Um, where is the thing? bodily activity data can be generated it's a, it's a kind of it's an advanced version of say a fitbit cryptocurrency system mm -hmm. using body activity data so yeah so it's basically um your movement will mine cryptocurrency and that's how you will earn money which is yeah how it's always been <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is how yeah. it's always been yeah except this one will be thankfully it will be attached to you Mm -hmm. And is it a tattoo? Is it like a digital quantum tattoo? A quantum yeah. tattoo. So it's, you know, I get really uncomfortable when when people get mad at Bill Gates and he's only trying to give us the mark of the beast. Yeah. You know, that's that's it. He just wants. To, um, it's just a simple billionaire trying to stamp every human. Yes. On the and planet. they can remotely medicate you. That's that's the danger of it. It's your hand. Well, for me, when you hand over medical autonomy the sky's the limit and if you're being made feel selfish that um a medical decision is your own well it's very easy step to for it to be selfish that to own anything mm. you know the concept of owning something is selfish yeah yeah how dare so mm -hmm. the the so basically i, I want to go because I'm, I'm trying to make sure we, we we don't sound completely insane mm -hmm. i'm trying to cover it, it is insane sure. though i know it is insane <laughs> 
what I'm trying to do is make sure we lay out here yes, for, but for people. We have like, the evidence. Yeah, like yeah. why why this is why this is dangerous because that's the point. Yes. Um, so yeah, so ba- the, the problem is that it's all of these things combined, right? And you look mm-hmm. at that, and it's like you know, it's exactly what China has: their central mm-hmm. digital system. And, and if you take a look around at smart cities, Belfast has been uh, nominated as oh, a smart yes. city. Oh, yeah. This is, this tele- is where I'm going. <laughs> telecommunications, you have, um, we're in a, a social credit system within social media right now that if you don't abide with our community standards, that you are excluded. And their community standards, nobody knows what their community standards are. You have travel up there. They have restricted travel. If you go around all of that, they have restricted every part of that within this past two years. Food and sustainability, their supply chain issues, financial services. Yeah. There, um, there was a well, that you can't. They did you a can't, simulation you... of a, um, a cyber attack in the financial system. It was the World Bank, the BIS, and the IMF, along with ten countries, in December of last year, did a simulation of a cyber attack in the financial system. Right. So everything around there. Yeah, but they also they've also restricted like withdrawals from crypto um, exchanges I, in the UK. Banks, I've heard so many people come to me and try to get their money out of the banks. It's important that people realise that there's um, no such thing legally as a bank deposit. Technically, you've loaned the money to the bank. It's not your money anymore. It's on loan to the bank, and that's where the bail-ins that they made provisions for bail-ins in two thousand and fourteen. So, should the bank become insolvent you will be given shares of an insolvent bank what yeah that's the bail-ins that and it it already happened in cyprus so people need to be aware and then a lot of people say well you know i'm insured up to eighty-five thousand, and what percentage of that is actually insured in terms of a claim being made and commercial banks are under attack right now because like i said blackrock have suggested that going direct so central banks going direct to us the consumer mm-hmm. yeah yeah it removes removes the need for the commercial bank really or the yeah the the high street so for of, me yeah. what would they function as i would say that they would function at the start just administrators for the central banks yeah 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 it's disturbing so because like the next thing so the, the the thing i want to bring up here is just like so you've got all these things they're all in the control this is literally exactly how you would move towards a social credit system mm-hmm. and again we can't infer that that is 100 percent the goal but it's a possibility and and if you were going to try and do that this is exactly the kind mm-hmm. of thing you'd be doing and then the next thing that i want to bring up and i only find this the other day and i was stunned is this thing, civic dollars. Do you know about this? No. Yeah, right. This is fucking bonkers, right? So you know how the, the Chinese social credit system is essentially like you get points for doing things that the government mm-hmm. wants and you lose points for, for you mm-hmm. know, when you jaywalk. Mm-hmm. When you jaywalk. When you jaywalk in China, they fucking put a picture, they get your face up, they put yeah. it on the screen to shame you. You jaywalk. You lose a lot of points if you say anything negative about the government. I'm yeah. not even... Yeah. So anyway, so this is the civic dollars, right? This is active in Northern Ireland, Orma Park, lots of 50 zones across Belfast and beyond, right? So you earn your dollars. I did hear about this, yes. By spending time in the park. And this may seem super duper innocuous. Now, it, mm-hmm. At this stage, it is. But once again, it's not what we're saying. What we're saying is if you wanted to slowly bring in mm-hmm. this sort of idea where you would 
earn things for being it would be incentives first Mm -hmm. then sanctions yeah and then oh look you it's a you can spend donate your civic dollars to do things you know you can you can Mm -hmm. you can use that to gain access to stuff you know and yeah so northern ireland yeah Mm. uh, northern ireland i would see as um being targeted with the encompass program with the smart city we have been I think there's maybe a promise of a cash injection into Belfast, which was badly needed because the South got the Celtic Tiger and we get nothing. Mm. But it didn't do so well for the South. They didn't. No, Ultimately, what what seems to happen is it, it sounds great at the start, but you're just working more to have more plastic stuff. The issue is we have been, it's been a consumer society. And now these third world world countries want a piece of the pie. So there isn't right now enough energy to meet the needs of the increasing population. So either there would be a decrease in the population or there'd be a rationing what do you of mean, the around, energy. Around the world? That there's, yeah, there's, in, so in what you're saying is that like the growth that's happening yeah. in, in the developing like world, we don't have the we don't have the we energy. Don't have the, we don't have the energy to support it. Like if you look at the commodities market over the past 200 years and all of them, it's just mm. so if we can't continue with that. Yeah. So the consumer economy has got to be shut down because there is there's there's a finite supply. Now, with ingenuity, we use different stuff, mm-hmm. but that has that's rising. So for me, they need to shut off the consumer economy and bring in a credits economy to slow everything down in that perspective as well. Like I say, when you shut down the economy and seize the debt market, it can, it's like a pressure release valve. It's the same thing that they're doing on an even more macro scale to slow the consumption of commodities down. Okay. So, yeah, and also just, here we go, once again, you are correct. Belfast has been chosen for people who haven't been aware uh, as one of the wonderful smart cities by the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean? Surveillance. For, yeah. But more more specifically, what is there what is the what do they what do they want to bring in, basically? Is my question. Smart Cities Alliance project. Look at this. Cities and our urban transformation hub. Well, thankfully, the billionaires are here to tell us what to do with our city. Yes. You know, ultimately, that's that's part of the part of the issue. You know, it's like with the it's like a grander scale of the the Tribeca thing that that was. Uh, I'm not sure if you know about this in Cathedral Quarter, and they wanted to. There was this big um, international property developers come in and went right. Well, you see all those some of those beautiful buildings in mm-hmm. Cathedral Quarter. We're just gonna knock them all down. We're gonna make a new district. We're gonna call it Tribeca. And you know they had um, Jamie Dornan doing the the uh, running the marketing campaign, like mm-hmm. the advertising. He was the face of it. And what it was was a bunch of international property speculators coming in and trying to reshape a our city. And then rename it after a fucking district in New York. Like, fuck off. We like, is, I like the Cathedral Quarter. I love that. <laughs> this is the thing. Belfast doesn't need... It's a, I love Belfast. I went to university. I was at Trinity, so I was living in Dublin for three years. Never really went back that much. Um, was up at it a few years ago. And they've destroyed... Money has destroyed Dublin. It's not the city. It was a 
buzzing city when I was at university. Now I get that same feel from Belfast and they're just going to come in. It's the idea of putting a Starbucks in every corner. Um, ruin it, like they're going to tear the heart. The intention with this, for me, they're going to tear the heart out of everything that is unique about Belfast. I don't want Belfast to be a smart city where you're scanned everywhere you go. And th that's why they need this digital system to implement the smart city. But again, that's that's where the China comes in. The reason that I think they have um, one camera for every seven citizens in China. So that's how they can catch you jaywalking. Wow. So Belfast will be the same. If you step out of line, boom, you're. Well, there will be sanctions, be it a social credit system or fines. So this is the, everything that has been done right now has been under the threat of fines. This is the only reason we are in this position right now: the threat of fines. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm looking. Sorry, I'm just looking here at this. Like some of these, um, some of the things. Like that. The the disturbing thing is that like all of these discussions are happening right all mm -hmm. around. Um, like this, they've got their policy roadmap. Let's click this. So we billionaires that have no concept of how the rest of the world live. Yeah. Now to get to work. I'm Rushi Rama, Smart Cities Lead for the Alliance. And I'm going to show you the policy roadmap that we're launching to tackle the challenges you've just been hearing about. Earlier, Jeff told you that we set out to build a roadmap that gives cities a set of foundational, implementable policies for a more ethical, more responsible smart city. To begin with, what do we mean here by responsible? We've identified five key areas that the governance of a smart city needs to address. Firstly, equity, inclusivity, and social impact. Second, security and resilience. Third, privacy and transparency. Fourth, openness and interoperability. And fifth, operational and financial sustainability. Now, without tackling all of these, any smart it's just it's just packed with with like corporate, just like jargon and and but the amount of work. This is the disturbing thing that I was saying. The amount of work that's gone into this, like all these plans are laid out. All of these like policy documents are done. Like you mm -hmm. used, you were saying there that this was in two thousand sixteen. Like this this program, um, the all of these things are happening without our consent and, and it's our not knowledge. It, and, and yeah and it, you don't even have to be and without our knowledge yeah you don't even have to be mad about the implications of it for it to be angry that it's all being done without our consent you know like i don't believe and that this you know i don't believe that, that the fucking billionaires at davos like have a right to govern the place i was born like that's for me and all the people who live here well, this is the thing. That's what I'm saying. What's happening now, there is going to be a reset. That's there's there's no doubt about there's going to be a reset. But right now, it's billionaires deciding which way that's going to go. And I do not feel that that's going to be in our favor. But we're allowing this to happen. But we're so busy. We're so consumed with just going to work, paying bills that our eye is off the ball. We need to we need a group of lobbyists for the people against government that are sitting watching what they're doing and making the people aware. But there's very, it's with media, I'm sure you're aware, it's very difficult to tell people what's going on. And if we had this discussion without um, the proof, we would sound crazy. Mm -hmm. So therefore, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Like, and I do sometimes, I, like, I just think I'm like, yeah. 
I don't want this to be the case. No. You know, I don't, I, I don't want, and I don't so want to fast, think, I, yeah. It's happening so fast that I do, I would feel sorry for um, like my, my kids because I grew up before mobile phones. So the dumb stuff that I did, there's no video. <laughs> Although I've done plenty after mobile phones. But, <laughs> but it's, um, so they're already in this system. They're bought into this system and they want to really just pull them all in. I see like them just, my kids just playing video games and that's how the, it's a completely different life. And this has happened so fast. I got, I think I was, I was well into my twenties. I was very resistant to get a mobile phone because I was like, "Why do you want to know where I am for all the time?" You know, and call me all. The time. Don't want to talk. Hmm. Um, my dad actually bought me my first mobile phone because I would I wouldn't get one, and that was such a short time ago. And it was, um, you wouldn't even remember. It was like text, and it was like, uh, you know, <laughs> like hit the letters three times. The evolution of mobile phones. This has really only been possible. All of this has only been possible because of smartphones. That's the only, it would not be possible without smartphones. But trying to tell people to throw away their phones. <laughs> I think our only hope is like a, like a Carrington event, like a solar flare. Just wipe everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you feel like I mean, that's... At that point, like just yeah. grab the margaritas and sit on top of Cave Hill. Yeah. You know, just watch it all. <laughs> every, blow out every transformer and start again. <sighs> but like that's... That's the concerning part about it. It's just like we're it's like we're, we're we're flying towards a cliff, right? And there are ramps that we could hit and we could jump the cliff. We mm -hmm. could like manage to somehow deal with this, or at least I'd like to believe that we can. <laughs> but oh it's this it's it's like you're trying to wrest control of it from from I don't think we can get we can't like but we can't even the, the, the hard the hard part about it is like like when, when I first saw all these smart cities things and the the, the connections where you'd seen like uh, like Nicola Mallon giving speeches mm. at World Economic Forum events and you see like the smart cities thing and you see the 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 digital identity thing that you were you were mm. bringing up and you see the civic dollars part and you just go like where is the where is this all coming down from and the, the problem is this is like so undefinable in mm -hmm. a way because like we can say oh it's klaus schwab and and like bill gates or like you know you can like name the 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 people who are somewhat involved in it like at least definitely part of 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 these discussions but you it's so difficult to define where that is. And then you get into territory where you just like, you sound like you're describing some evil boogeyman that, that you can't like name, you know? With it being a global, because a lot of people say, well, why are all governments um, in favor of these passports? Well, my answer to that would be reserve currency. We are all tethered to a sinking ship. So then it makes sense that they would all have to get on board with a new system because there's no way out of the system. With the way world trade is conducted, it is in favor of the US dollar. So how do you even trade globally if you don't buy into the new system? You'll be excluded from global trade. So that's why they all have to implement it. This is why they're all on board. Um, somebody described me, I thought it was the best way. It's like there's a juggernaut right now 
if we try and get in front of it, which we have done, we're going to be the first off the cliff. So what we need to do is sidestep it. And there will be those on it that realize and want to jump off. So we need to create an infrastructure. What I say is we need our own, um, like I say, lobbyists for the politicians. There's not an opportunity to just step in. We wouldn't know what we were doing. Um, but we can lobby them and we can keep an, a lobbyist for the people to the politicians, holding them accountable, mm -hmm. accountability. We need to educate people because I know that with my son being off with the iPad, I was like, it's been 30 years since I was at school and there's still the same books, the same stuff. It's just, So you have to realize that your your child isn't there to learn. It's an indoctrination camp and a daycare center, but consider who sets the curriculum and know that they're not being taught what they need to know mm. in life. So we need an alternative education system, which is actually beneficial to people, media education, um, political groups, we need to sidestep and that's for me the only potential win because I don't see, I think no matter what the juggernaut's going to go off the cliff. We've seen that in history with um, the Roman Empire, the French Empire. It doesn't, when people's freedoms are eroded to a certain degree, there's no point in life. So it's the only way out of it is revolution because when you're back to the wall, you either go out swinging or you dropped your knees and that's when people come out swinging. It's just when you're trying to create awareness of can we not get off the cliff, you know? But um, we have to create an alternative because it's going off the cliff anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the the place where I, I arrive at, and I'm like, okay. So how how do we peacefully mm -hmm. avoid revolution? That's because I I I've read too many books about history. Mm -hmm. To know that revolution never, ever, it, well, not never, but it, it's almost always like taken over by, by the worst people and the most extreme voices. And you look at the extremes on both both sides of the, politi the political mm -hmm. aisle. I'm like, holy shit, I don't want you, and I definitely don't want yeah. you. You know, I look at the libertarians. I'm like, maybe maybe you got some points, but it's like you people don't think we should have like roads. Like, shut up and go away. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, you know. Private healthcare is definitely the best, and um, you know the military should be private. And it's just like, come on, seriously, like that's not a good idea. And then on the other side, you have people who are just like the the the, the absolute like the, the neo Marxists, you know, the people who are just like, yeah, we need equality of outcome and um, defund the police, but also we need a security state police to yeah. you know, like enforce all our new rules. And it's like, I don't want either of these crazy people groups to like end up in charge i think what we've learned through all of this is who do these people represent they don't represent us so who's in their ear they definitely don't represent us and what we've also learned when in terms of policing and the military you would have thought that the function of both was to protect the people but it's not it's to enforce the will of governments so I think there is this opportunity right now with an awakening of people are really saying what's going on. So I think that it will crumble and I think it can be done peacefully. I don't think, I think when it escalates to violence, you need to have something in place. So what's happening in uh, say Kazakhstan? Well, so right there, everybody resigns and you know, mm. then what? Yeah. Then you've no structure 
um, you have no systems in place. So we need to just yeah. Then with the slowly, person with the biggest bat is yeah, in charge. Yeah. Put our own media in place. Put our own education in place. Just put another system in place. The, it's the simplest answer because it's really stop buying their stuff. You know? yeah. I keep and saying that about China. Mass non-compliance. It really is as simple as saying no. But people are so afraid. I think there was a study done and people are more afraid of um, rejection than death. I think number one fear is rejection. The, second, the second fear is death. Because in, in previous societies, if you were excluded from the society, it ultimately meant death. So... Have a look at that, yeah. I've, I've read that one. There we go. Damn straight. As usual, every single thing. You see, this is this is what, you know, this is why the internet's wonderful. Yeah. This is why, like, did you see that clip where uh, Joe Rogan got challenged on, on, I think it was like some discussion they were having about myocarditis and then mm. uh, he, like someone had challenged him and he was like, oh, let's look this up and they mm. pulled it up and he was like, oh, all right, okay. Um, fair, I hadn't heard that, mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, I think he like still was a bit stubborn about it, but like, he was like, yeah, you know, I've been shown different information yeah. and, and like people, <laughs> this is what the internet is wonderful for. We can do these things. So our, sh our fear, uh, public speaking. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what it's saying. Public speaking is more, we fear more than death. Uh-huh. It does good. I think it says because when you looked at it before, it did mention rejection because rejection is the number it. one. Let's see if we can find rejection here. There we go. We're afraid of rejection. There it is. Actually, you're you're right. We're afraid of rejection. So that's why people are complying. Huh. That's yeah. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. Like people also, people also don't want to stand out from the crowd. You know, they want, they want an especially easy life. They want to be left school. alone. Yeah. Especially with kids in school. Um, that's what's the difficult part. Um, that they really, you go through that teenage years where you just want to be invisible. You know, you're kind of, you don't know who you are yourself. You're only finding out who you are yourself and you don't want anybody to even notice you. But that's why there was such compliance. People don't want to be judged because judgment leads to rejection. And then there's just a certain, personality that doesn't care yeah so. <laughs> yeah well i mean like honestly like the, and this is what i spoke about with um mike yardley uh, mm. about a month or two ago we were talking about well you know it used to be those people you know the the, the rock stars and the renegades and the mm. people you know the people with the oh what's it david sinclair calls it the fuck you gene mm. you know it's the people with the fuck you gene they were the they're the people that changed the world. They mm -hmm. were like the they were the 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 David Bowies, the the Freddie Mercury's, the the like the Clement Attlees. If you're gonna go like a politician, like mm -hmm. the the people who would just be like, well, this is what I believe, and yep, yeah, that's it. Nope, I will just I will say this, and they they don't care about the consequences. And and that used to be virtuous, and some point that became dangerous. Mm. You no. Know? Yeah, I don't know. I would find the demographic that is most non-compliant is young males. But that's because they don't like to be told. It's just the nature of the beast that they do not like to be told. So they're the ones that I would notice that would be not complying to what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which and is, they're under attack right now with toxic masculinity. <laughs> <Not> being toxic. <laughs> yeah. 
um no it's like the the i maybe maybe you're probably right it's the, it's the youth aspect as well yeah. you want to rebel and mm -hmm. like we were taught i was talking about this with someone that we think you know maybe maybe the next generation were, are, are like we were saying are we underestimating how much they're preparing to say fuck you to our system <laughs> i th yeah well, it could go either way because we are like my generation's the consumer you know we had to have the houses the cars the handbags everything i'm fighting with my kids they're um there's there's not a material aspect a materialistic aspect to them so i think that because maybe as well that they realize well, how am i ever going to get the price of a house so there's no point so they could be easily swayed into universal basic income but on the other side of that they could just go i don't i'm going to do i'm going to do me yeah. i'm going to do my own thing so there is the potential because if they've nothing to gain by the system how long do you think universal basic income would last it's not how people function there's, there's it's not there's nothing good about not having something to get up and do in the day so you just have nothing in your plans for the day that's not a healthy way to live and they kind of tell us that we can draw pictures and do yoga or whatever anybody happily draw pictures and do yoga yes <laughs> but we all go on holidays and two weeks in we're just ready to get you know we've had enough now of drawing the pictures and doing the yoga so and same with christmas everybody craved everybody does it you crave to just get back to your normal patterns mm. so to get up and have nothing to do but i mean um, you can have you can find plenty to do without having a nine to five job but you still need something to do mm. and you need to express yourself and with the possibility of a social credit system that's going to suppress that because it has to be within like see in china you're not allowed to you have to have a teaching license for anything so if you were to hold like a group class on what on agriculture you have to have a license so you can't therefore teach anything alternative mm. any other concepts that are mm. completely shut down yeah and i guess that it's the the problem is is that like when you don't when you don't have the freedom to like try different crazy wild maybe mm -hmm. stupid often poorly thought out things that's that's just like crushing the the the, the ingenuity and the and the creativity of of like the human spirit like the, i was talking to um mark psalms last night he's a a, a neuropsychologist or mm -hmm. neuro yeah neuropsychologist and he was we were talking about like the source of of consciousness because that's his new book and about um like what sets humans apart if mm -hmm. an, if anything from from animals and we came to this well he, he we came to this discussion where it was about creativity and the ability to make decisions based on like past things but like mainly it's like creativity like mm -hmm. the ability to see like choice a choice b and say ha choice d you know <laughs> and that is what has has given us all of the greatest things in, in mm -hmm. human history and i i you know it's like how many amazing inventions can have come out of uh communist china it's like why the fuck do you think they steal all our shit? Yeah. Like you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't see coming on fucking Soviet communist Russia coming out with world beating technology. No, no, no. It was the people who had the freedom. Yes. And it's, it's not. It's like how how many times do you want to roll those dice? Mm -hmm. You know. But it never works. It's it's perpetually tried and it never works. The only danger that we have right now is with the technology that they have to enforce it. You know, that's the danger. Where to crux right now for me in humanity that it could go either way but
I have great faith in the human spirit. So I, like I say, I think the juggernaut's going over the cliff. So I'm not going to be on it and I'm not going to be in front of it. Well, that feels like a very nice place on which to finish. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, thanks Melissa for, for joining me. Great chat. Um, yeah. Uh, people can let us know in the comments below if you think we're totally insane or if you think we're going to get this digital ID. Um, so do you want to, is there anything you'd like to point people towards like of your work or anything? No, no, you never know where I pop up. I don't, um, I'm, I don't get to put anything on a lot of social media and YouTube. So, <laughs> well, uh, you did another interview, which I saw, so I'll put that in the description below mm. and, um, yeah, all the links of things that I have pulled up here, but, uh, yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. If you want to leave us a comment, that would be awesome. Please like, share, subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple, please leave us a review. Until next time, thanks for listening.